It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Everybody, it is Drags Mike Petralia back with another lightning fast, lightning quick edition of the Red Sox Beat powered by the CLNS Network and our proud online gaming partners, betonline.ag, where the game starts. I am joined again by Alex Barth of 98.5, the Sports Hub. Follow him on Twitter at RealAlexBarth, all one word. He does a great job covering all things Boston sports for 98.5, the SportsHub.com. Let's get right to it. A ton to cover after the American League made it nine straight wins over the National League at Dodger Stadium on Tuesday night, three to two couple of home runs deciding that game. But the big news for the Red Sox and the Red Sox fans is what is the deal with Raphael Devers? Alex Spear of the Boston Globe and Boston.com reporting that the Red Sox used a comp with Matt Olson when they were in initial negotiations before the 2022 season in arbitration. And they were discussing the possibility of a long-term extension. The name Matt Olson comes up. Why is that? Because he had just signed an eight-year, $165 million deal with the Atlanta Braves. Well, that brings up the question, Alex Barth, of what is Raphael Devers really worth? And I thought it was interesting this week at Dodger Stadium on um, Monday before the game on Tuesday, he really did a good job of deflecting. But what did you think of the Reds when that news broke that the Red Sox used that comp? What was your initial reaction, Alex? Well, I, did he do a good job of handling it? I mean, he laughed it. He, he said he laughed at well, the team as he should have. Well, right, that's what I'm saying. He did, what did you think of the Red Sox bringing that up in the spring? It's brutal. That's absolutely brutal. As Why? somebody, and I, we've, I've talked about it when I've come on this podcast before. I'm still scarred by John Lester. Why? Because Matt Olson's not as good of a player as Raphael Devers. Matt Olson is older than Raphael Devers. By Matt Olson years. wouldn't be giving up a year of team control like Raphael Devers would be. It's asinine in their whole thing about, well, we're worried Raphael Devers can't stick at third base, and we're comparing him to a first baseman like Matt Olson. Now's a real convenient time to start caring about defense, Chaim. Now's a real convenient time to start caring about defense, John. It's been two years this team hasn't had a real first baseman on the roster. Now all of a sudden, you know, they were the worst defensive team in baseball last year. They're pulling Kyle Schwarber over to first. They don't have a true – they don't have a full outfield this year. They certainly don't have a first baseman. Now all of a sudden it's, well, we don't know if he can play third base long term. 
And that's a $100 million, $150 million problem to us. Get the hell out of here with that. You don't get to suddenly start caring about defense right now when a potential franchise cornerstone player at 25 years old is going to walk out the door because you decided to lowball him with who? With Matt Olson, who most Red Sox fans probably had to Google before they realized that this was ridiculous as it is. And let me say this too to the Red Sox fans, tracks. If I may, and I know I'm going beyond what you asked, but no, I go ahead. Pick me off. That's why we have you the on, Red Alex. Sox fans no. directly. Red Sox fans should be mad about this, not just because it would, in theory, make the team worse. John Henry is is saying to you he thinks you're dumb enough to believe that this is the way the team should operate and still be able to charge you for a $12 beer and still be able to charge you for a $150 ticket. There's a new study a out today. Point. The Red Sox, the Red Sox are the most expensive game day experience in major league baseball. John Henry is going to charge you out the, you know what, and say that he's, he, he doesn't think it's worth paying his team's best player and a generational talent. You Red Sox fans should take, this personally he thinks you're too dumb to understand what's going on he thinks Raphael Devers clearly isn't smart enough or isn't confident enough to understand his own worth and credit to Devers he absolutely most certainly is laughing at that offer this is John Lester all over again and between Lester between Betts between Bogarts and now Devers I'll tell you this tracks you want to know what the silver lining is for me because you know me I always try to find something positive and what's going on the silver lining for me in all of this is after Devers is gone there's no more potential cornerstone budding superstars for this team to cheap out on and let walk. There's nobody coming. Marcelo Mayer, that decision is probably 8, 10, 12 years away. At least we get a break from what has been heartbreaking after heartbreak from this team letting our favorite players just go out the door for diminishing returns. I shouldn't be this mad because we knew this was coming all along. I know you tried to convince me when we were doing these shows back in March that there was no way they were going to let Devers go. I shouldn't be this mad. I should have accepted this a long time ago, but yeah. it still hurts. It still hurts. Well, Believe he's not it or not, the... I know they won in 18. Okay, Sorry, here's my last part. He's not out the door yet, but let me bring up No, but point. he's laughing in their faces. That doesn't help. Let me make one more point here. Yeah, go. I know 2018 doesn't feel like that long ago. After the Celtics made the NBA Finals last year, the Red Sox have gone the longest of any Boston sports team without appearing in a championship in a league without salary cap in the market. They're in, there's no excuse for that. There is none. Okay. Let me bring up a point that I think it could be, I think should be going through Red Sox fans. And it, and it was um, stirred up in my mind when you mentioned the cost of a daily uh, experience at Fenway park, Yankee fans can complain about the ticket prices at the new Yankee stadium, but you can also see where the Yankees are going to spend. Still, they're going to spend, even though they're luxury uh, cap, a luxury tax uh, aware still, uh, they're going to spend on Stanton. They're going to spend on Garrett Cole. And after this, we're going to see whether or not they're going to spend on Aaron judge, right? We think they are. I think they're going to do everything in their power to make sure Aaron judge stays a Yankee for life. I'd be surprised if they didn't. The point being, I think a Yankee fan believes the Yankees are going to identify the superstars and hold on to their superstars. Usually that is the case. There are exceptions. None, none come to mind immediately. I'm sure there are examples, but for the most part, the Yankees keep their superstars. What, bugs the living 
but Jesus out of Red Sox fans is they have let, let like you mentioned, so many stars of the past walk out the door. Even back in the day when they traded Nomar Garcia Parra away, they traded away a, a foundation player that I still think they would have and could have won the World Series in 2004 with Nomar, but we'll have that conversation some other time. Obviously, um, they let John Lester walk, and we, you know, that's been well documented. There have been many other cases of the Red Sox. Once they identify a star, either homegrown or brought in, they let them walk. And I think that's what really upsets Red Sox fans in this particular case. One other point I want to bring up and get your reaction. I think a better comp would have been, and they may not have had this information. I forget the timing, but when the Cleveland Guardians locked up Jose Ramirez, which is a far more reasonable comp, right? Would you agree, Alex? To it is, Raphael and I'll tell Devers? you exactly why they didn't use it. Make your point, then I'll tell you why they didn't use it. Seven years, $141 million is what Ramirez got in Cleveland. Go. The reason they didn't use it is... Jose Ramirez is 29 or, or sorry. The reason it wouldn't have worked is Jose Ramirez is 29. It's the same Olsen's 28. It's the same thing. You're, you're going with an older player. That's still only about $20 million a year. I still think that's well short of Devers. The one I look at personally is uh, Jordan Alvarez. And right. By the with way, the you can throw the whole defensive crap thing out of it. Cause Jordan Alvarez, can he play left field? Yes. He's a DH. He's a DH and Correct. JD Martinez deals up. So I don't know that Devers is sticking a third, but he could be your DH. You don't have to pay for negative defensive value. Jordan Alvarez is 115 over five. That's 23 per year. I don't know that Rafael Devers is taking a five-year deal. I don't know that he should take a five-year deal, but I think that 23 million per is. He's not taking a five-year deal. He's no, but guaranteed I think money. No question. Oh, eight, certainly. But so again, yeah, so the the we talked about this last last week. Eight right. years to me is the bare minimum in length that Raphael Devers is taking because that optimizes so, him to get another huge contract after, you know, the, the first eight year mega contract expires. So Jose, I'm just doing the math here real quick. Sure. So Jose Ramirez deal. Oh, actually, Ramirez deals more than I thought. Okay. So Ramirez deals 25. That makes more sense. Alvarez is 23. Somewhere in that range, and like you said, with more years. Olsen's 21. I don't even think he's 21. I think you have to round it up to get to 21. It's just ridiculous. It's it's just ridiculous. And again, it's one thing to just kind of backtrack a little bit. Like Bogarts in some ways, as much as it hurts, that one makes some sense because they have this great shortstop pipeline. He's a little bit older, et cetera, right? When they let Mookie go, they had some outfield prospects coming up. Even when they let Lester go, none of the pitching prospects panned out, but they had guys they were high on. After Cassis, there's nobody. And something interesting, let, let, let's talk about the guys who are coming up here who are due to get paid and, and something they all have in common. Sure. Raphael Devers, do you know who, who Raphael Devers was signed by, who was running the Red Sox at the time? Um, uh, no, go ahead. Raphael Devers was signed by Ben Charrington. I was going to say Ben Mookie. Charrington. Yeah, it was that one Mookie. year where, yes. I was, uh, Mookie that was Betts was yes. drafted by Ben Charrington. Xander Bogarts is actually a, a, a um, uh, why can't it, why am I blanking? Theo, Theo Epstein guy. Yeah. Like way sure. back. Yeah. yeah. He's a Theo Epstein guy. Lester was an Epstein guy. You go back at all these guys they've been due to pay. 
nobody from the Dombrowski era. And look, did I, I get that prospects take a while to come right. up, but Dombrowski started in 2018. That's five years ago. Generally, pro, top tier prospects, it's three or four years. Nobody from the Dombrowski era will see what happens with Marcelo Mayer. But the one thing Ben Charrington clearly did was build this farm system. If you, and, and you know, the guys Good. probably didn't arrive quite in time. They, they, he maybe needed another year. But the guys who are getting here, they got a lot of the guys who won that, that 2018 World Series, Martinez and Sale aside, you look at Devers played a part on that team. You look at Bogarts. You look at Ben Attendee. These were Ben Charrington's guys. So now, not only are you letting these guys walk, you dip into this uncertainty of, I don't even want to say what are Dave Dombrowski's prospects are, and he traded them all. Now it's really on Bloom to draft and develop. I mean, that's the whole thing they're counting on because, like I said before, there's nobody else in the pipeline. I think that's what makes it even tougher for them is Devers has all that leverage, right? When Mookie Betts walked, there were other guys. The Red Sox had leverage. They had a direction. You're going to get something for Devers. Who knows what you'll get? It's going to be really interesting to see what happens with Juan Soto. I think he kind of sets the market. But it it, it really feels like this is the – the, I don't want to say the end of an era, obviously, with, with you're letting these guys go. But again, I, I look at the timeline from Lester to now, and there's a clear theme. And it feels like, where do you go from here? You can't just keep bringing young guys up and turning them out because there's no obvious next guy. Again, outside of Marcelo Mayer, who's maybe three or four years away from even making his debut. And then we'll see what he is. I want to uh, bring up a friend of the pod. That would be Rob Bradford of WEEI.com. And this is uh, Rob quoting Devers back in March, March 23rd. I'm happy with what I got in arbitration. The only thing I was going back and forth about was what I should be getting compared to other third basemen, i.e. Jose Ramirez, because of the numbers I've been able to put up and the type of player that I am. Then the third baseman added, it was tough, obviously, having to go back and forth about what my worth was because we have other guys that were saying, this is what they are slotted at. But I was like, that's not me. I'm a different player. I know what kind of player I am. That really is what it was. That was all before Olsen's eight-year, $168 million uh, figure came up as a comp uh, with the Sox slugger. And then that was something, then quote, that was something we talked about in spring training and it was pretty similar. So I did see that for me, here comes the money quote. I know my value. I don't want to be compared to anyone else, regardless what the position is, who the player is. And that's to your point, Alex, I'm me. And that's who I want to be compared to. I know what my value is. That is him pretty much laying down the hammer. And then after Juan Soto rebuffed the Nationals' uh, $440 million reported offer, um, Devers said this this week at Dodger Stadium. I never worry about that. That's why I mentioned after spring training, as he did to Rob Bradford, I wasn't going to talk about any contract discussions throughout the season because I don't want those types of distractions. That's between the team and I and um, then he giggled and, and joked about it and obviously was trying to defer some of the tension regarding what does he really think he's worth. And that's when he and Bogarts laughed um, back on, I think it was Monday at Dodger Stadium. So what do you make of all that? I think he, again, I think he knows his worth. You know, I, I get 
on the, on the level, he says, I don't want to be compared to anybody else on me. That's like a natural human feeling. Yep. But I think at the same time, there's only a handful of guys you can compare him to. He's an MVP candidate at 25 years old. It's him, Alvarez, and Judge. That's the class. Anybody else, and by Alvarez, you order on Alvarez. It's him, Alvarez, and Judge. That's the and class. Otani. I mean, Otani's in the MVP. I, I, I think Otani might even be a step ahead. Otani's yes, kind of his own agreed, thing. But agreed. contractually, when you're talking about a contract, again, Alvarez, Judge, Devers, that's the class. That's that's what it is. And if if they bring up any other name, if I'm him, yeah, I'd be insulted. Matt Olson wasn't an MVP candidate. That's what I make of it. I think he knows his value. I think he knows exactly what his value is. And I think he knows what the Red Sox are trying to do. He is Alex Barth covering Boston sports for 98.5, thesportshub.com. Follow him on Twitter at Real Alex Barth. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including Major League Baseball scores, all the latest fighting news, and even next season's early NFL futures. But the early, is, early uh, part of that is coming very shortly, as we all know. Bet Online is your continued source for all of your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and much more. Head on over to the website or, as always, use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code CLNS50 to get the bonus and get into the action. Bet online where the game starts. Back with Alex Barth of 98.5, the sports hub. The Chris Sale injury from Sunday. Look, it was an abomination. The final two games at Yankee Stadium. The Red Sox giving up double figures, losing by double figures on Saturday and Sunday. Um, that was bad enough, falling 16 and a half games behind the Yankees at the All-Star break. Forget the race. It's Chris Sale. And it, he had surgery. Uh, he underwent successful surgery on uh, Tuesday and uh, went what was called an open reduction and internal fixation of the uh, left fifth finger, the pinky. Um, that was that fracture was uh, fixed on Tuesday. The procedure was performed by Dr. Matthew Liebman at the Newton Wellesley Outpatient Surgery Center in Wellesley. It's a four to six week recovery, bare minimum. Then you're talking about getting full strength back. At this point, I. I know that on Nesson after the game on Sunday, they were hopeful that maybe he gets in a start or two in September and helps maybe in the wild card push down the stretch. I think that's that's a reach right now. Well, I think the bigger question is, what if those games in September don't matter? Do you still bring them back? No, absolutely are, are not. We, right. No. And are we sure those games are going to matter, right? You talk well, about four don't. to six weeks. Four to six weeks bring, brings us to the beginning of September. That's right. so what I saw is four weeks till he can pick up a baseball. You figure at least another week on top of that right. for rehab. He's a competitor. Plus, He's going to push it. You know that, Alex. So hang on. Four, so so call, let's call it five weeks. Let's split the difference. Yeah. Five weeks until he can pick up a baseball brings us to the first week in September. Let's call it a week and a half of rehab. And I think that's being very generous. A week and a half of rehab. Now, all of a sudden, it's the third week in September. You know who the Red Sox are playing in the final week of September? Let me guess. The New York Yankees. The, no, no. They're playing the Blue Jays in oh. Toronto where he can't go. So He's still not a, vaccinated? Are we sure about that? As far as we know, he's not. 
Okay. Now, maybe that changes. Right. But the point is, you got to remember, this isn't about him returning and pitching down the stretch. It's also then at the end of the year. And I want to pull up the Red Sox schedule here so I get this exactly right. But he may not be able to throw at the end of the year because he may not be able to go to Toronto. And I I, I don't want to get into the vaccine debate. I don't. But the reality is if he's not vaccinated, he can't go to Toronto, period, end of story. That's just the reality of the situation, right? So what are you are you going to bring him back, work him all the way back for one start to maybe make the playoffs? Well, I mean, certainly if he's if he would be available, let's say they do make the playoffs. He is definitely a weapon if he's healthy and and if he is at full strength or very close to it, he is definitely an addition that any team would want on their pitching staff. So I think the reason I bring this up is if he can't go in the Toronto series, right? There's like a real small window. There's maybe a week in September ahead of that series where he can make a start. And then they play their last three games at home against Tampa Bay after they get back from Toronto. My, what I would do, what I, how I think would have to line up is there. They need those last three games to get in. I think if it's, if you're in, or if, if they're in, they throw them to warm them up. If you need those last three games to get to, to get in, you pitch them. If not, having him ramp all the way up to then not pitch would kind of be a mess considering that he is already feels overworked. Right. I just, I think the timeline is going to kill them. I really do. Unless they're, they're, they're out right now. They're two games out right now of a playoff right. slide. I, it's just going to be really interesting to see how it all plays out. It, it really is. Cause there's a lot of variables here that go both ways. All right. Let's uh, move on to the fact that they are two games out. Should the Red Sox be sellers or buyers? It it was J.D. Martinez and um, Sander Bogarts on Monday saying they better be buyers. Uh, We intend on being competitive after the All-Star break. Um, Raphael Devers echoed that uh, before the game on Tuesday. Um, Obviously, it's something we have all thought about it. We want to be competitive coming down the stretch. We know we can be great, but we also know we've had some injuries as well. It's something we're constantly thinking about. How can we improve? I know these guys are thinking about that too, and they'll do whatever is best for the team. It sounds like the the Red Sox players are hoping for some reinforcements. I just don't know whether or not those reinforcements are going to come. And then I'll just fold into that whole conversation, Juan Soto. And I do think the Red Sox, if they got creative, could be one of those players for Juan Soto. If there was a way you were going to make people forget about what Rafael Devers walking, it would be acquiring a guy like Juan Soto. No? Well, that that still feels absurd because it's going to be the same money. Why well, would you no, 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 correct. Wouldn't you rather have Juan Soto than Rafael Devers if you had to pick? I mean, that's a no-brainer. I mean, as great as as great as Devers is, you would want Juan Soto. What I would say to that is He's I, I, and I think Juan, Alex. Devers is 25. Yeah, but Juan yeah. Soto, as great a player as Devers is, he is a great offensive player. There is no question about that. Soto is a generational talent, a Hall of Fame. He's a Griffey-esque um impact on your team i guess yeah at that point i would say why don't you why didn't you pay devers and bogarts right well i mean because Dever because bogarts is getting older he's approaching 30 
And I'd Ron rather Soto, two MVP. Yeah, but Juan Soto is uh, he is a Ted Williams. He is a Mickey Mantle. He is a King Griffey Jr. You name it. He is that kind of generational talent. All right, fair enough. So, yeah, I, I guess that would work. The other thing where Soto factors into me is if he does get dealt, and what does he get dealt for? If he goes for an absolute haul, and normally you don't see these kind of deals at the deadline. Normally you see him in the offseason. We like to right, pretend they happen. They point. don't really happen. But let's say Soto goes for a haul. Let's say you're sitting three or four games out of playoff spot at that point. I think you have to consider moving Bogarts at least because Bogarts seems as good as gone at this point. Right. And I don't know that Bogarts is getting you as much as Soto, but if Soto goes and some team sees that as, Oh, wow. Some contenders are really loading up. Right. Let's say Soto goes to the Mets. Every team in the NL is going to react to that. The NL is probably more open than the AL. You know, I think a team like the Braves has a pretty good farm system. Could you send him to the Braves? You know, the Phillies are kind of making a push here. I think you have to consider it. If Soto doesn't go, I don't know that you force it. I think Bogarts has more value in the offseason. So I guess you can't. Sorry, let me take that back. I got my timeline mixed up. You can't move Bogarts in the offseason. He's going to opt out. Yes, I I think if if Soto goes and gets a haul, I think you have to consider moving Bogarts. Devers, I still think you take that one down to the stroke of midnight and try to figure out if there's a way to get him back, even if you think he's gone. I, I, as much as it hurts, I think you have to th- think about moving Bogarts if you know you're not going to resign. What if you, you move Bogarts Endeavors and your top two prospects for Juan Soto? Do you do it? So what would they, what are we counting as, as the prospects? Does that include guys who are up or no? Cause they said they want MLB ready players. Um, it, like, uh, uh, Jaron Duran. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I would just, so let's say the top, I guess the top hitter, hitter and pitcher who are up are Duran and uh, we'll count. What's his name? The kid who came up last week. Uh, Brian uh, Bello. Bayo. Brian, Brian Bayo. So let's, let's call it Duran and Bayo or Cassis and my, my mayor. They probably asked for Cassis and mayor, but yeah, right. I, I would probably do that. I, I would probably do I that. I think, I mean, I would, at, look, if you have a chance to get the very best generational talent, you do it. And I think. I think the problem is, though, are the Nationals going to do that? If they're not going to pay and Soto, that, are they going to pay Absolutely Devers, right. right? What, they so say, I think that's kind of a, yeah. I, so here's my read on, on what the Nationals are doing. They're floating that out there as okay well if you're going to turn down a 440 million dollar offer we're going to listen to offers for you and you know that puts off perhaps um any team offering him a contract extension you know the nationals are guaranteeing him a long-term deal at this point but if he gets traded maybe that deal doesn't uh well precipitate immediately unless there's i think Go ahead. No, I think things are pretty nasty over there. You know, I just ripped the Red Sox for handling it poorly. There's a report out right now that this just came out. We were doing the podcast. I found it on Twitter. Let me scroll down and find it. This is from uh, USA Today. Apparently, the Nationals, and this is the quote. It's in quotes. The Nationals, quote, refused to charter Soto a flight to the home run derby after he rejected the contract. So he had to fly commercial to and from the derby in the All-Star game. How to how to win, Patty. how to win over friends and influence uh, millionaires? I mean, 
and that, yeah, it's yeah. silly. Mike, uh, what, what, what's the GM's name down in Washington? Mike, um, help me. Uh, uh, Mike Rizzo. Thanks, Mike Rizzo. Um, this can make or break Mike Rizzo's career. You do realize that. Oh, I think losing that guy's a fireball offense. I mean, I, I, do you think he would take $500 million? Half a billion? I, I mean, I don't, he might've at one point, I don't know now, now he just might not want to be there. No, that's right. And, and that is, a, you do wonder about Mike Rizzo and, and how he handled that. But here's what I want to know. And what really, I think pisses off the players and the agent in a, in a situation like this is when that number become, because you know, the agent and the player isn't going to publicize turning down that figure, right? They're not going to get, they're not going to put that out there that, yeah, we, we got this offer and we turned it down. It was cheap. They would not in a million years in this day and age do that. So that leak that came from the nationals who were ticked off that this guy just turned down $440 million from the team and they are incredulous. They cannot believe it. You, you believe that, that that's where that. Oh yeah, no, I I buy all that. Yeah. And to, to, if that USA today report is accurate, that they refuse to fly him on a charter out uh, their very best player, a generational player out to the all-star game. That's just, you know, nickel and dime Mickey mouse, you know, horse bleep. Oh yeah, no, it's ridiculous. If the Red Sox did that, I mean, it would be. They'd never get the, away the with The front it. office would be run out of town. That would be it, you know, and, and as pissed as people are at the team now, I, I can't pick like, that's another level. That's bad. That's ugly. So yeah, I, would he take 500 million? I would think so, but it may be a thing of, he knows he can get 480 elsewhere and for 20 million to not have to be in that building anymore. He may be at that yeah, point. You and might that, be right it, about it, that. It goes, and it goes back to this whole thing. Where people like I hear this all the time, the people who want to defend the Red Sox, well, that's negotiations. You start low. And people have been saying that since last year. That's just how negotiations work. The players shouldn't take it personally. They're starting low and then there's insulting somebody. There's a base value that's there. You can't insult somebody I, with I the agree first with offer because that's not negotiation. That's just being stupid. So um, do you think they should go after Juan Soto? Yes or no? Make it Red Sox? Yes. Yeah, I don't think they could get it done because, again, if Washington's not going to pay him, they're not going to pay Devers and Bogarts. And I think that's what it would take to get him. I think they want players under team control, the Nationals, right? So, right. I, you know, if I'm throwing on MLB the show and I'm in the Red Sox spot, would I trade for him? Yeah, probably. But I think when you add the emotions and the logic to it, I just don't know that it's realistic. Anything else I'll on your you mind? I do want them to get. I'll tell Ooh. you who I do want them to get. And yeah, I, go. I said this at the deadline, and this is a step down from Juan Soto, obviously. I said this at the deadline last year. This guy was having a down season. I said they should trade for him. They didn't. Since the month after that deadline, he won NL Player of the Month, and he's been one of the best first basemen in baseball since. And that's C.J. Crone from Colorado. Yes. The Rockies don't care about keeping good players. I think they could get him. I would move like a fringe top 10 organizational prospect to get him. He would fix so many needs. That's like, If they are going to buy – that's the guy for me. I, they need bullpen help as well, but he's under team control for multiple years. He's young. He's a good bat. If they are going to move on from Bogarts, if they are going to move on from Devers, he's the kind of guy you can put in the middle of your lineup for the next few years. Maybe Tristan Cassis goes back and plays third after Devers leaves. I love the idea of CJ Crown. 
He is Alex Barth. He does a great job covering all things Boston sports for 98.5 The Sports Hub. Follow him on Twitter at RealAlexBarth. I also want to thank our terrific sponsor, BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. Be sure to patronize them. Head on over to BetOnline.ag and get in on all the latest gaming action. For Alex Barth, I'm Mike Petralia-Trags. Thanks for watching and downloading this episode of Red Sox Beat, powered by the CLNS Media Network.